All right, hello everyone. Welcome back to Two Friends Watch. You're currently listening to episode eight. I'm Josh. I'm Summer. And we're the two friends. Summer, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. How you are know, usually you? Usually, I say how you're doing tonight, and it's usually not the night, but tonight it actually is the night. I didn't even notice that before. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it's. It's just weird. If I was like, "How you doing this afternoon?" You know doesn't roll off the tongue even this morning is weird yeah yeah but how you doing tonight you know it feels like timely it feels personal like i feel a connection when i say it (laughs) i didn't know it was that much science yeah yeah um all right so question for you today who is your favorite clown Um, okay. Any clown ever. This is going to take a long time, so I'm going to ask you, Joshua, what is your favorite clown? Um, I actually don't see this clown a lot. I only see it whenever I look into the mirror. It's myself. (laughs) Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I can't really think of a good one. I, I like Bozo. One. Yeah, Bozo's good. Do you remember the claymation show that was on in like early Sprout days that was like a family of clowns? On where? It was on Sprout. I remember Sprout. Yeah, there was a clown show. It was Claymation. I loved it. Favorite clown. I don't remember any of the characters' names, but favorite clowns. That sounds kind of disturbing if I if you went back to it, right? Actually, hold on. I have my computer in front of me, and I'll tell you if they look disgusting or not. I can't, while like, I, do... I, I thought of favorite clowns, but I can't really think of many you know obviously there's the one clown that we're gonna be talking about but like i thought of pennywise i thought of bozo and then i couldn't really think of any others it was jojo circus i mean like clowns aren't a lot they're not like a long-standing societal influence i just felt like there was more that i knew of than just a I, few, a handful. I couldn't even think of. <laughs> Remember when of clowns were like Pennywise. not feared, but then I think it was like, wasn't it actually like a real thing where clowns started like murdering people and then people yeah. got this stigma for them? In like 2012, 2013, like there, there were people that were like, oh, I'm scared of clowns and everyone else was like, I get you, Stephen King, you know? Yeah. But yeah. then... There was, like, either, like, a conspiracy theory or a murder or just a general thing where people would just, like, walk around in clown suits and be non-conformative. And then it was, like, on the news everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's, I remember that back in the, the thing, back in the day. It just all of a sudden clowns were, like, massively feared. <laughs> Um, I never understood that movement. So you pick in random clowns from from Sprout? 
It's called Jojo Circus, and it was a show. Uh, yeah. No, Family iconic. of Browns. Iconic. Of course. Um, so I picked the thing today. We're talking about Joker. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, during the 1980s, a failed stand-up comedian is driven insane and turns to a life of crime and chaos in Gotham City while becoming an infamous psychopathic crime figure. Um, I'm going to start it off with, Summer, what's your experience prior with the Joker? Because I know you're not a huge DC person yet, but how much experience have you had knowing about very, the Joker? Very little. I have, like, more questions in my notes than I ever have before because I'm uneducated. The only experience I really had was when, like, shaming the Joker and Harley's relationship and everyone who supported their relationship started because I was like, that's toxic. So, have you ever watched any previous interpretations? Like, you know, there's a Dark Knight, Batman 89. No, I've never seen a Batman movie or, like, a Suicide Squad thing. Really? Nothing. Nope. Yeah, I was sure you would have seen the Dark Knight. Because that's, like, the big one. Uh, my mom was hardcore Superman when I was little, and I hated Superman. So when I figured out that they were all from the same, like, same universe, I was like, ew, gross. And now you're a huge DC fan. Are going to be. Well, I liked this, and I'm watching the second Suicide Squad movie because of Pete Davidson, obviously. So we'll see where she goes from there. Don't watch the first one, though. I don't want to. Yeah, just skip it. There's no Pete Davidson, <laughs> and there's a bad version of the Joker in that one. There's no Pete Davidson. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, this one's directed by Todd Phillips. Um, you know, he's directed the Hangover trilogy, which summer I have never seen any of them. I watched the second one in theaters, like, by myself. That's kind of sad. It was like with my family and whatever. Huh. Um, you are being very loud with that knocking and stuff. Dude, my sister was knocking on my door. I had to like silently yell at her. That's why I went quiet for a second. <laughs> yeah, now it's good. We're not even going to cut it out. They'll live with it. Yeah, it's fine. I have a gremlin in my house, and now you know, so. Um, a runtime of two hours, one minutes. I had no problem with runtime. How about you? This is the first time where I watched a two-hour movie, and I wasn't, and I wasn't like, ugh, this is good, but ugh. Like, I was, like, entranced the entire time. Yeah, like, um, it depends, I guess, for a movie. Like, I've been... I've been watching the Transformers movies this week, and they're all two and a half hours or more, and it's exhausting. <laughs> it's it's gotten to a bad point, but um, yeah, this was this was good. I felt felt was right, not too long, not too short. Yeah. Um, uh, we got Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleck slash Joker. He's like our big performance. he is the standout performance by far. I mean, some people are good in this movie, but no one comes close to, to what Joaquin's doing. 
Yeah, I want to know if he had, like, any psychological problems after this um, movie. I I mean, most of the, the Jokers, you know, people that play them, they have to do a lot of method acting and stuff. But from what I read, his wasn't as bad. But I know that, like, people have, you know, people have already talked about bringing him back. Are you aware of um Robert Pattinson being the new Batman? In a movie next I, year, I am. I like. I've had a year to think about it, and I still don't know how to feel. Uh no, that would be good. I think, but okay. Anyways, people have been talking about possibly having Joaquin crossover with Pattinson in a movie, but the general consensus is that that probably wouldn't work with a different time periods because this is in the eighties and. I'm assuming that's going to be a more modern take. So, the only thing would be a, a sequel to this, but Joaquin said he doesn't even want to come back and do it again. Oh, why not? Just because, like, of the demand, the demand of the role. Yeah. How much you have to get into it? Because it's like it's a, it's a thing. Heath Ledger had a lot of problems with it. He was the Dark Knight Joker. If you remember, he died like a few months after. Before it came out, or something. I thought he died semi-recently. No, he died way back in 2008. Like, his Oscar that he got for that was given uh, posthumously, because he died. Oh, God. I had no idea. Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure... Who's the one that played him in 89? Jack Nicholson had some issues with it, too. And then Jared Leto did some weird stuff. He was the Suicide Squad one. He would, like, bring dead animals on set and give them, like, put them in boxes and gift them to his co-stars. And it was all, like, method acting to be the Joker. <laughs> and then they end up cutting, like, most of his scenes anyways. He's only in, like, ten minutes of the movie. Well, how much, like, how much did they record for him initially? I, th- I think the director said they had, like, a solid 30 minutes or something of him. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was supposed to be, like, the main antagonist of that before they changed it to um, Enchantress later on. Okay. But this is me going off. Um, so yeah, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't seem like he's going to return. We have Robert De Niro as Murray Franklin. That was a nice surprise. You know, you really don't think Robert De Niro in a comic book movie, but it was cool that he was in this. No, I was surprised because I was just looking at main actors so I knew what you were talking about. Yeah. And I was extremely surprised that he was in this type of movie, especially since DC movies have been known to be really hit or miss. I don't think there's a, a single Italian mob movie that doesn't have Robert De Niro in it, though. He's in them all. He's all of them. Um, Zazie Beetz is Sophie Dumont. Are, do you know about Zazie Beetz? She was in, um, I don't know if you saw it, Deadpool 2 was her other big movie. Mm, no, I haven't seen that one yet. Thank you for reminding me. You saw the first one, though? Yeah, of course I saw the first one. Yeah, she's really good in that one. I I mean, she's nice in this. I don't think she's really given much to do. No, because but... she's just basically playing like a weird, horny hallucination three-fourths of the time. And then she's like, uh, my kid's in the other room sleeping why are you here? I still think she's charming, though. I want to see her in more stuff. Same. I liked her. 
She was good at what they gave her. Uh, Frances Conroy's Penny Fleck, Arthur's mom. Another character that I don't think really was given much. But, I mean, good with what she did. And then the last one was Brett Cullen as Thomas Wayne. Which, um, how do you feel about Thomas Wayne being, like, a, a big part of this? Do you think it needed to, to be a thing? Or do you think they could have left him out? I would feel... I would feel that the movie would be semi-incomplete if they didn't tie in at least, like, part of, like, Batman's backstory because they're, like, intertwined. But I don't know, like, anything about, like... Okay, before I even finish that sentence, yeah. how much is... Is this all canon? Um, No, this is a standalone thing. So, okay. Like, there's this... DC thing that most people refer to for standalone stuff. It's called Elseworlds. It used to be a comic book uh, like series where they do one-offs that didn't connect anything. One of those was like Superman Red Sun where Superman was from the land in the USSR instead of America. It's stuff like that where they change things up. And so that's how most people kind of view this. It's not connected to the DCEU or anything. Yeah. I didn't think this is how it actually like went down in the regular universe, but I wasn't sure. But I feel like it was necessary to have Thomas Wayne. Yeah, no, um, this is a completely original interpretation of Joker. This is not at all really how it is in the comics, because in, in the comics and in most interpretations, he doesn't have a backstory, definitively. He has, um, basically all you know is that he fights Batman one night in Ace Chemicals, He's dressed up as, like, one of the Red Hood gang. And then he gets... He falls into the pit and becomes Joker. Yeah, I was waiting for that to happen. It was, like, I had no preface for what this movie was at all. And I was like, well, this, the acid thing doesn't really fit no. <laughs> in this plot. No. I, I would have to disagree with the Thomas Wayne stuff. I think you could have still told a strong little Elseworld story without having to... Because... I felt like throwing in the the Wayne murder scene is just like, hey guys, look, Joker's part of Batman. See, it's a little Bruce Wayne. It felt very fan servicey, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I there were certainly parts where Thomas um, Wayne, or what, either I didn't like how he was written, or. Um, I felt that it was unnecessary, like the whole like him dying thing. We know. <laughs> we know. Yeah, that did not. That was the one thing. I think you could have had some Thomas Wayne in like the background. From Penny talking about him like he's this great dude. And then him realizing that like Thomas Wayne is just kind of as slimy as the rest of the people. Yeah, you could have had some of that. But it's like we didn't need a scene where Joker puts his fingers into little Bruce Wayne. And then, oh, look, it's young Alfred. <laughs> and he comes up and he's like, he's like, no. And Hold thus on. their rivalry is born. For those who haven't seen the movie, I don't think you could just end that sentence with in to little Bruce Wayne. <laughs> oh, it's in his mouth, right? He makes the smile. Yes, he like shoves his hand, his like thumbs in his mouth and spreads his like lips. But <laughs> yeah, I kind of phrased oh. it pretty, pretty rough. 
that was the worst thing you could have said. It's still kind of invasive, though. It's super pretty, pretty... invasive. I want to know if there's a reason why Bruce is basically just a living ragdoll and he just stands there with dead eyes the entire time. Um, yeah, I, I thought the whole Bruce, including Bruce in the movie at all, felt like a, a complete waste. Like, it didn't need to be in there. I thought it was cool that the Joker was interacting with child Bruce through the gate. Kind of, but then I didn't like the scene directly afterwards with the, um, what's his face? What's his name? The guy that was yelling at him. Who, Alfred? Yes. I didn't like that scene a lot. And that whole, like, oh, he's my dad, he's my dad, he's my dad, felt not out of place, but, like, poorly executed. See, yeah, like, I don't think we need to be reminded that Joker is part of Batman's thing. And I'm going to elaborate on that a little more later about how I would change some of this. But essentially, that's my stance. Is that I think it could have worked a lot better separate from that. Yeah. So I'm going to give you some, some Joker trivia. You ready for this one? I am always ready for trivia, Joshua. We have some Joaquin facts. Joaquin lost... He did a lot of method acting for this one. He lost 52 pounds for this role. That's what I was wondering. I was like, is that CGI rib or real rib? No, that's real rib. I remember another Batman-related, Christian Bale was also a guy that, like, was always losing or gaining weight, so... Mm-hmm. I couldn't... I don't think I could do that. I could probably gain some weight for you if you need me for to be, like, um somewhat chubby for a role but no i don't think i could lose 52 pounds for one movie i did they ask him to do that or were they um i'm from what i remember phillips wanted him to be kind of skinny and then joaquin kind of like took it overboard yeah so yeah that's that's my thing in hollywood is there like a thing where like you can't ask your your, like, actors to do that to, like, a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, he didn't... He wasn't forced. It was just, like, a suggestion of how Phillips kind of... Because Phillips wrote the script for this. That's kind of how he envisioned Arthur. And so Joaquin was game for it. Yeah. I mean, just not specifically this movie either, but, like, in general, is there a limit where, like... You you can ask, like, an actor to gain or lose weight. Because I know that's, like, a problem with girls. But if you just had, like, a guy actor and you're like, can you gain 400 pounds for this role? Is that legal? That, I would hope that there's, like, some laws in there. Especially for dudes, you know, who probably don't get as much protection from stuff like that. Yeah. So, I I couldn't tell you, like, with exactly but i would assume so he also for his his laugh he actually studied people that were suffering from the pathological laughter that's the disorder that he he has in this or some people believe that he like doesn't have it but unofficially he has it in the movie yeah it was either he was using it 
at first in the very beginning I was like oh is the laughing a coping mechanism and then I saw the card and right. then I was like oh is that real or is that something that amuses him I I didn't know if you noticed but like that scene where he shows the card they spend like a good 15 or to 20 seconds just like panned in on the card and you have to read the whole thing it's like you could have just said it <laughs> it felt very long um and then one more Joaquin thing. He improvised the bathroom dance. I don't know if you know what scene I'm referring to. Of after course After he kills I do. those three subway guys. As our, my friend was there and she was like, "Is this has this happened before? What is that? Is that a coping mechanism? And <laughs> I just, I could not tell her. I was like, this has not happened before. I'm disturbed. Honestly, I think that's the most artistic scene in this entire movie. Yeah, it was a good kind of disturbed. I just wish I knew, like, where the dancing sort of came from. Because he did it once in his living room. And then it got, like, super interpretive. And then in the middle, it got, like, kind of ballet inspired. (laughs) inspired. And I just, I want to know why. I mean, if he ever gives up the whole, like, mass murderer, psychotic clown thing, he could... He could totally pursue a dance career. 100%. Yeah. Like, my man could totally outdance some of these people. Um, Joker, I don't know if you were very, if you followed the Oscars this year, it was nominated for 11 Oscars. It was the most nominations for any film this year. And I think it was the most nominated comic book film ever. And then it won. Yeah. I think Black Panther was the previous one from 2018 yeah comic book movies don't get a lot of love they're usually seen as the blockbusters you know yeah but yeah uh one two definitely think both of them are deserving one is for the score it's it's by hilder um i couldn't pronounce her last name guana to or something like that it's around those lines i and then the other one was for walking phoenix best actor Oh, that definitely deserves it. The score was super unique, and you don't see that a lot. Like, usually, like, depending on the genre of the movie, it's all kind of the same. But it wasn't, and it was varied, and it really, like, enhanced the tones of each scene. You got a lot of shuffling going on over there, Summer. I have no idea why. No, it's good. Um, What's that? I was just going to say, oh, I grabbed my computer like an idiot. Oh, you know, you get. Yeah, I stand by it. Hilder's score is the best from last year. I saw, I think, at least 80 movies from last year, and nothing topped that. Second place was probably Little Women. Little Women's score is really good. But yeah, she just does great work, and it really. That adds so much to it, to the atmosphere of this film. Without it, I don't think it would have been the same. No. Like, I've been watching movies lately, and I either completely ignore the score most of the time, or it annoys me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, that, like that dance scene we just mentioned, without, that, that's what I think of when I think of that that scene is this the the music piece for that scene 
Yeah. That's probably my favorite song from the the album for the movie. But yeah, she also did, I don't know if you remember this show, Chernobyl last year. It was like a big awards thing. I kind of remember, yeah. Well, we got some major shift in from Summer. I'm calling her out for it. I didn't move at all. Like, I was standing still. What do you mean? I don't know. I, I'm going to call it because, like, they're going to hear it in the, the playback. So, yeah. it's fine. I just um, feel bad because I never have to call you out. No, if you hear something, it's cool. Okay. I feel like we should just be open because, I don't know. It's our podcast. We can do whatever. <laughs> That's true. I got two more. Um, so the Joker stairs where he does, you know, the final dance is actually a location on Google Maps called Joker stairs. And it's categorized as religious destination. Oh, my God. Yep. I remember there was a brief period where people were just like flocking to that place. I believe it's in New York. And, like, recreating the dance sequence. And that was a whole thing. I never saw that, but I imagine, like, I totally understand why it would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing, I think that song is that plays during that is from a guy that's in prison. Okay. That, I can't confirm that, but I felt like that was a thing. And then um, my last one, this is the best one, uh, Pornhub. Pornhub revealed that there were <laughs> 741,000 searches for Joker since the movie's release. Um, I, I got that from an article that was probably from like a bit ago. I think it was dropped in 2019, but still. That's crazy. That's accurate. Because you know what? This entire, not to, like, support being, like, malnourished or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but since, like, 2017, 2018, like, there's been a whole new, like, big movement where, like, tall, gangly, skinny guys are, like, seen as more conventionally attractive, and I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. But that makes a lot of sense that there were so many Joker Pornhub searches. I saw it as, um, like, you know, usually back, remember theaters? Remember when theaters were open? That was a, that was a thing that used to, to happen. But back when theaters were open and movies came out, usually you'd see, like, clips on YouTube and stuff, but they get taken down. And I think what you can do is you can upload to Pornhub, like, anything, and they won't take it down unless it's, like, like child pornography or something bad. So I'm assuming people did that to just see clips or something. But, yeah, maybe it's your weird kink thing, too. I didn't say kink. <laughs> I said I would... change in beauty trends. Uh, yeah, kink. <laughs> but, yeah, I found that interesting. It's probably at a million by now. I would assume. You know, quarantine's probably got people searching Joker. Oh, of course. No doubt. Uh, so, I'm going to start this off by personally saying this is my second time and I had some issues with it that I did the first time. But I still love this. 
And I want to know from a first-time perspective, just your general thoughts. I mean, it was really good. It got a lot of hype, so I was just, like, watching out for, like, I don't know if I was going to get caught up in it or if I was going to be super negative. I definitely had a lot of questions, and not all of them were about, like, the story of the Joker or whatever. But I think it definitely has flaws, but it's still really good. I'd watch it again and again and again. I think part of it for me was that I watched it in the theater opening week. It wasn't opening weekend. I think it was the second weekend after. But that experience of seeing it. And I know you were kind of fresh on it, but I was completely fresh, knowing nothing. And so being in that room full of people with that big environment, I think it kind of added to it where watching it from home on my laptop, I don't get as much from it. Oh, if I watched this in a theater, it would have hit hard. It would have, like, smacked me into the sun. Yeah, so you're very fresh on it, right? You knew nothing? Extremely. Like, I don't even know. Like, I didn't know that there was no backstory to the Joker. I didn't know. I barely even knew his dynamic with Batman. That's very interesting to me because I'm a huge comic book media fan. I'm not a huge comic book, like literal comic books. I haven't read a lot, but when it comes to the media of DC and Marvel and other stuff, I'm very involved with it. So I kind of knew I was very heavily involved in reading about this film before it came out and kind of researching it. So you coming from a very, like a even fresher perspective is very interesting. How you perceive it. I perceive it as I was trying not to like psychoanalyze the entire time because I don't like being that girl. But I do have like, I had a lot of psychology based questions. I, I'm having trouble perceiving it as a singular thing. Did it like, were you able to keep up with it though? Not knowing about the DC background and not having a very strong foundation with the character. Yeah, it kept up fine. So that's good that it works like for the average viewer as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what what negatives do you have? Let's let's start with getting those out of the way. I feel like my biggest thing is. I don't know if, like, what was a hallucination and what wasn't, but why, if everything they said about his mom was true because of the the medical records, I feel like they should have, like, implemented some signs, maybe not in the very beginning, but, like, maybe in the second scene that she was in, where that could, like, you wouldn't catch up catch on immediately but then later you'd be like oh my god yeah are you familiar with the like unreliable narrative story thing unreliable narrator uh kind of yeah where basically it's like the movie is told from a perspective of a character in it and they can change things to kind of fit how they perceive life so it happened with um this year's birds of prey where Harley told the story and she changed things up like that. So that's what most people perceived it as. But I agree. It's kind of 
convoluted and messy sometimes about knowing what's what. Like, especially, I thought the part where um, Murray shows clips of Arthur from stand-up, I'm like, that seems very unrealistic that they get, like, random clips from a stand-up comedy show and then just, like, use it without his permission. But then it seemed like it actually did happen. I, I thought it was just Joker using it to antagonize Murray, but apparently it was an actual event that happened. No, I thought that that was a real event. I just thought that that was unrealistic because stand-up comedians flop all of the time. There is, like, such a large number of stand-up comedians, and there always was, because, especially back then, like, stand-up comedy, I don't want to say it was, like, simplistic, but it was just like, oh, I hate my wife, here's a sex joke. Yeah, and who's filming him, though? Yeah, In, like, like, the 1980s. How were they filming it? Like, it's just in some comedy club in the middle of a fictional city where, like, people go there and you don't expect to be wowed. Yeah, um, that's, that's the thing. I was like, it could work if it's him kind of imagining it to fit into his own perspectives like oh look these people are literally mocking me it's okay to do what I've done but then they invite him on that show for the reason so unless the reason they bring him on the show is also not because of the clips then it just feels unrealistic is it possible that the Joker murdering Murray like the way that it played out is a hallucination and just he still killed Murray, but not in the way that he thought at all. Um, no, I think that's a real event. Him going on. Okay. The way there's some stuff that, that feels like it could be made up, but other things it feels like they're telling us that they're actual events. Like I don't know if Joker actually inspired a mass mob or if that's like his dream of what he hoped happened, but instead the police just got him after he killed Murray and he went to an insane asylum. But maybe he did get that prophetic scene where he stands above that cop car. It's like, I don't know. That's what I was wondering too, only because like to answer that question properly requires a lot of world building information that we just don't have. Because if this was, like, just in New York, then you would think that after, like, he went on to the talk show and was like, oh, I did these murders and made it clear that he wasn't political and it wasn't politically motivated and he wasn't the symbol that they wanted him to be, Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't have been, like, rioting and rioting and rioting, rioting the same way that they were. Or, like, it just would have changed things. Yeah. I agree. Um, what other big negatives do you have, if any? Um, I didn't like... This isn't, like, a big part of the movie by any means. I just didn't like the way that Gary was written in the script. Like, except for the first scene where they introduced him. <laughs> you mean with the part with the, the door and stuff? Yeah, just not even that that happened, just, 
when he was like screaming, he's it's like um <laughs> where do you remember the animation that came from like 2011 that was like Carl with the llamas? Mm. That's that is such was. a deep cut. I don't. I have no clue what you're talking about. What? No. Okay, so there was this like three part animation thing because those were big in like 2012. And he would he would basically go it was two llamas living together, potentially gay relationship, but the innocent would go, Carl, you can't kill people, Carl. Oh my god. And that's just the vibes that Gary gave me. Oh, I thought you were upset that there was just a bunch of little people jokes thrown at him. I mean, I get it because it's a period, a quote-unquote period piece, and that was the thing to do. Yeah. But I would just don't like the way he's written, especially when he's screaming, because he's like, oh my god, why would you do that? Oh my god, why would you do that? Over and over again. Yeah, Um, that was going to go into my big one, is that I don't think a lot of moments really... This is just for me personally, from rewatch... A lot of moments don't hit as as hard as they should. Like that whole scene after he kills Randall, and it's like the first time I didn't know if Gary was gonna even make it out alive or something. But now I'm just like, okay, we went we went for the cheap little person joke, and then Gary's kind of acting hysterical when he probably should have been running. Mm-hmm. And so stuff like that. We are not really, I'm not really caught up in the moment. I'm just kind of revisiting something. Yeah, there were a lot of ways that that scene could have gone where it would have felt more natural. But... Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that I would refilm here just to make them a little more cohesive, I would say. I have a question. Oh, yeah, shoot. Okay. I heard it a lot. <laughs> So, how do you feel about, like, in the beginning, when the kids are just, like, beating the crap out of them? That whole scene, like, I'm talking everything. Costumes, lighting, script, physical acting. I don't have any major issues with it. I think it's an interesting way to kind of show Joker's perspective of how the world is to him. With him literally being beaten on the ground. Yeah, I liked that part. Like, when, after they left, that, like, really set the tone. I just, something about the chase bothered me. And then I also, there was, like, two kids where I was like, their costumes freak me out for no reason. (laughs) It's like, like, a Russian athletic jumpsuit and then, like, an Irish golf hat. And I was, like, not down for it. Yeah, from a costume perspective, you know, this actually got one of the nominations I got was for costuming. Do you have any major things? No, besides that one thing, everything else was really good. They represented the characters really well. And with Joker's costume in costumes, plural, where it's usually like if it's darker tone, he's in like a darker place. Uh almost constantly and when he's in like brighter colors he not only is he contrasting against like the desaturated buildings and up in other clothes on like background characters 
it's like indicative of how he's feeling in that moment and it's it's very clear and it works with the lighting and the acting and it's really cool i mean i this might be a little bit controversial i think the costumes are nothing special i'm surprised when it when it got nominated for that and even this is not really costume but it also got nominated for makeup and hairstyling and like besides joker's makeup like what else is there I just I don't know some of the the technical aspects I don't think are very memorable. I mean, there are some parts where I'm like, oh, that lighting was cool, but it wasn't special, like in a lot of in the alleyways and stuff. But I liked the costumes because they had like sort of a small margin to stay within within like being 70s and 80s and then representing each character and then playing with color in a way that's still historically accurate so i i don't think they're like godly by any means but i see what they were doing i thought the production design was pretty good though in terms of like building up the city and stuff there's a lot of good set pieces oh yeah um so what's your big good thing some positives for this. I don't have like a singular good thing. I just have like a lot of really small good things. All right. Then I'll start off with I think the way this movie handles like tone and characters is like very good. I think that the way they craft this story. I think it's mostly the script is is good. It's really good in some parts, but then in other parts, it kind of is lacking. But when it hits, it hits hard. For sure. But that's my really... It's a tough thing, because the script is, is at times really good, and then there's scenes that just, like, suck. Like, I think that scene with him and the two buddies does not work at all anymore no I really I didn't like it 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 was okay up until the point where he like pulls out the bottle of wine yeah yeah and then the um the scene with the whole thing with Zazie Beats I don't think that's like properly developed at all and it just comes off as kind of confusing to a viewer. It got to the point where what was supposed to be confusing and what wasn't confusing were just meshing a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, ugh, I, fe- I don't know if I should feel stupid or if I should be criticizing it. Yeah, so that's that's the script problems. There's some stuff that's really well developed. The dance scene is just, like, Oscar-worthy. I love that scene. I think the talk show scene is actually really good. Um, oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of others. The scene with the cops chasing him on the subway. And then it ends with him, like, doing the dance and then putting the mask in the trash bin. And it kind of pans out from that. I like that scene a lot, too. Mm. That scene stuck a lot, uh, stuck out a lot for me. Oh, and then obviously, I'd have to touch on it. The the mob scene after the car crashes, the police car. Yeah. And 
Hilder's score is just going full blast. And he gets up on that cop car and kind of like looking out at everyone and does the smile with the blood. Gives me chills, man. The, the blood smile, it fulfilled and made me forget about like any other problem I had with the most recent scenes. And the only part, there's one thing that makes me think that that part is real, and it's because it's so slow. Yeah, um, that that would be me having to accept that the whole he inspired a movement is real, and I don't know if I, I think it. It's, I do like that it's open to interpretation, a lot of stuff, but then at the other times it's like, are we just kind of excusing it for not developing the story enough by saying, oh, look, you can interpret these scenes this way. Or maybe it's just like, no, this is kind of lazy storytelling that's where everything is open to the viewer. So you kind of have to juggle with that. Yeah, it's definitely a fine line. And yeah, that was the only thing that really like made me think that, oh, this could be real. Because usually after you look back on the movie after you're like, oh, he's hallucinating... A lot of the thing, the positive things that he was hallucinating were like instant gratification. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, some of some, it just a lot of it feels convenient for him. And then it's like, okay, is it convenient because he's telling it like it's convenient, or convenient that um, I don't think he's telling the story. So I'm I'm phrasing that wrong. I think this is how he views the story. Like, I don't think he's talking to that nurse and telling her all this. I think it's just how he's flashbacking. But um, anyways, like, it seems like everything's just really convenient for him. No matter if it's um, imagined by him or not. I agree. Like, I, if, my impression was, like, even if this was canon or not canon... That to be the Joker, you would have to experience, like, immense pain, immense and constant pain and struggle. And I know he was, like, abused when he was a little kid, but Mm -hmm. all of the background information cannot, you can't rely on that when you're making a movie. Like, everything that is contained in this movie didn't seem... Like, it was, like, quote-unquote, enough of a struggle. Yeah. Um, they could have developed him more. I remember, like, this is a completely different thing. Because I used to absolutely adore this thing when it first came out. And that's kind of, like, the hypnotizing effect it has on it, which is a good positive. But, yeah, when you really sit back and think about it, there is some issues with how things play out. This is definitely a movie. I was talking about this with someone the other day. This is definitely a movie which, like, brainwashes the audience almost immediately. And then, like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It has no flaws because it just encaptures you in that specific way. Like, a lot of Marvel movies tend to. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Oh, go ahead. Finish up. And I was just going to start rambling to fill the pause, but go ahead. Um, I actually think the weak link of this is Todd Phillips. I don't think his directing is super strong. I think that just comes from being like a comedy director. 
and all of a sudden he's tackling this like kind of prestigious comic book movie. And then he he also wrote like co-wrote the script and like I'm like that seems like the common denominator is, is Todd Phillips here with his yeah. involvement. I was surprised because I I looked it up looked up some of his other works just for reference. And I was yeah. like, oh, he wrote Due Date or he directed Due Date and A Star Is Born. This could be either really good or really bad. It's an old A Star Is Born, right? Because he didn't direct the new one. It looked like the new one. I didn't do like I didn't look at the picture close enough but i'll look it up now yeah um but i think his was the weak link and it's kind of harsh because i'm not obviously i've never directed or written anything but i think if we got in a stronger director like um i hear martin scorsese this is kind of like taxi driver so we could have got martin scorsese to do this it could have been a little stronger or just like i don't know Another director with a voice that's a little less like Todd Phillips. Yeah. Is it their recent of Star Is Born? Did you find out? Um, well, now it's not here anymore, but it, I swear to God it was there before. Yeah, I was telling you, he didn't direct that. The, the big thing, he got nominated for directing for this movie that's what that was the thing with the oscars is that this one got this got nominated for so many oscars that it didn't even like deserve obviously the ones that won super deserving hilder's score and joaquin's performance but like why are you nominating this guy for director when you have someone like a greta gerwig you could have nominated exactly um so i forgot oh another thing i love is just the how, the look of this film is really well done. There's just shots that I can really appreciate in this film. That when you you don't expect it, you kind of just play out a scene, and then all of a sudden there's just like this gorgeous shot of of like the city or of Arthur, and it's just really nice to look at, even though it is a grimy New York uh, Gotham City. I don't usually notice that stuff a lot. Like, if there's, like, a super weird camera angle, then obviously I'll see it. But this time, I, like, really, really was like, oh, my God. Like, some of these shots are so good, and everything looks so good. One of the shots, I don't know if you even, this is, you probably don't even know it. He's riding on the subway, and he's in, like, the back seat. Yes. Um, And it, it feels like a dolly zoom, kind of, but it's not a dolly zoom. And it's just so mesmerizing that that shot in particular. Oh, I don't even know if you even noticed that. I did, yeah. I I didn't write it down, but I did notice it. I was just googling this small part where they pan up to like, or they're like panning downwards, and as they're panning downwards, you get like the sign of like a theater, and it, and it said Zorro the Gay Blade. So I was. <laughs> very intrigued as to what that oh, was. Zorro is um the movie that Bruce and his parents see and when they walk out of the theater they get shot. Yeah. I just wanted to know like what it was specifically 
<laughs> and it's terrifying. Yeah, no, that's what a, that's what it's a reference to. I mean, that's a that's a thing ever since like the original origin of him came out in 1939. It's always been Zoro. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but <laughs> I get what you mean. Yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of shots that Did are you? really mesmerizing. Um, yeah, go ahead. Did you read into like the symbolism of stuff that like I've I think we've talked about this before, like complaining about like not everything means something. But with yeah. this film, I, I mean, felt if I was like an I English had teacher, to. If I was an English teacher, everything would mean something. Yeah, I went into like English teacher mode when I usually don't. Mm. With yeah. this film, and you like you heard that when I was talking about the costumes a little bit, just because I felt like I had to, because there was a lot like usually with these types of films that deal with like intense psychology, there are a lot of layers because everything else was so confusing. There had to be a lot of visual aid. Yeah, yeah. Um. I couldn't think of a lot of uh, overt symbolism besides like how everyone in the mob doesn't show their faces. They wear masks, you know, that they literally hide behind this person they idolize. Yes. But other than that, no, I, I couldn't say there's anything really strong. But yeah to answer your thing. What other super positives you have that you can think about? You there? Uh, welcome back, everyone. <laughs> Summer. We, uh, we lost you for a minute there. I got a call that was one of the slidey ones and not the button ones. Yeah, in our old age, we're, we're getting less refined i'm so sorry there was nothing i could do but get really panicky uh so we're just gonna i don't know we'll start something new because i was no clue where we left off uh what's your just bring something up that's positive about it that you want to talk about positive okay here we go um (laughs) when he was crying in the hallway over his mother's like psychosis yeah the amount of snot that was pouring out of his nose sounds negative but i wrote the snot comma i hope it's real nice touch very obscure i like i like the the in-depth notes (laughs) you'll find these like 10 years later and everything will be all faded except for the comma that says snot very a lot of it nice touch (laughs) i have like, yeah, I have five pages of notes. You sound like the people that, I don't know if you saw the new Hamilton on Disney+, Plus, like the theater recording, but apparently a lot of Jonathan Groff's spit was on it when he was talking, and it was like super HD, so people were like, nice spit, bro. The spit was like a huge culture shock, apparently. I didn't even notice it. I felt so left out. I was like, I'm not going back to to watch Jonathan Groff spit and you I can't find any good clips of it so I can't believe you can't find good clips of it when literally every that's all everyone was talking about I didn't, like I didn't look very I didn't look very heavily into it I'll find you one yeah but 
Nice snot, Joaquin. <gasps> Do you want to know my favorite <laughs> favorite scene yeah. of all time? In this so, film? Yes. When Arthur is sitting and he's at the Murray show and yeah. Dr. Sally is still sitting at his left hand mm-hmm. and he goes and he does, makes the joke about drunk driving Yeah, and <laughs> Dr. Sally just goes, no, no! Did you did you laugh at that joke? I it's about the drunk driver. Yeah. I went. I like nasal laughed. I, I, I laughed was like, oh, hard. of course. <laughs> I remember that being such a big joke after when it first came out. <laughs> oh, and I then just... there was also the whole joke of we live in a society. That was a huge thing. Ugh! I cringed as soon as he said society. Society. That was such a thing in 2015. Like, (laughs) I'm like this because of society. Society made me like this. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's why people made fun of it. It felt very, like, forced in there. But, yeah. Um, that's your... Is that your actual favorite scene, though? It's top three. Or do you have, like, a scene that actually is your favorite that's impactful? That's my second favorite. My first favorite is probably when he's in the hall when he's in the hallway reading mm. his mother's stuff. Yeah. Um I think it's I really like the end scene, the whole mob on the police car thing. Oh, yes. I but just didn't want to copy you. <laughs> I think my favorite I still have to go with that dance scene after he kills those guys. I don't, there's just something about it. Both of those scenes are very like hallucinatory. That kind of just grab grabbed me each time. Now, do we ever get an explanation on who those guys were? Did, was I just not paying attention during a very specific part? They were Wayne employees. Oh. It was kind of like the show that like that was the whole thing that people started um, rebelling is because oh, look, these rich socialites are being murdered. And then they start anarchy because, you know, it's like, okay, we can take down the system. Stuff like that. Follow-up question. Yeah. And I I don't have an opinion on this. I just want to know if you do. Yeah. Do you think this movie is supporting the eat the rich move it movement the e for what eat the rich movement oh going like not supporting it or no comment it's just like a it's just a coincidence i mean considering it's made by a bunch of rich people i don't think it was very anti-rich i thought it was just kind of condemning his behavior but i don't know People could perceive it differently. That's what I thought as well. But, um, like, in the beginning when they introduced the riots, I was like, oh, here we go. Tumblr, eat the rich. (laughs) Um, So, did you have any, like, actual questions about, like, any DC mythology or anything that you were confused by? Because you said you had some stuff that could clear it up. In the, like, regular movies... 
Is there really that big of an age difference between the Joker and Batman? No. No, no, no. They're practically the same age. Okay. That's why I don't think having young Bruce really fits. It's like, um, it's like, because then in the future of this universe, because they, they show the Wayne murder, so I'm assuming they, they're showing that he becomes Batman. So it's like, okay, Joker's going to be super old when when Batman's like just starting out. Yeah. So, yeah. No, but they're normally the same age. And is Joker like constantly smoking in all of the other ones too? Mm, no. No, another thing okay. that they kind of a lot of it's not comic based or film based. I was just wondering cuz I was like Jesus Christ, I know it's like late 70s and 80s, but he's like every other scene he's smoking a cigarette and it what didn't seem like beneficial to have him doing that at all. Uh I mean I guess so. Some of it is interesting like um when he's putting on makeup, I think he's smoking. And yeah, that kind of adds to it. Scenes, I really liked it. But some of them was just like, why is this here? Yeah. Uh, you can't have an 80s movie without smoking, though. It's just oh, kind of like a staple. Did you feel like the like the wallpaper and the furniture and like the tile and everything in the apartment were like accurate? Not like accurate, but did it give you an eighties vibe? Um, yeah. I thought portraying the period was, was okay. I didn't have any major issues with it. Okay. Did you have some problems with it? I mean, it didn't for me personally, like some of the like bigger pieces, like the wallpaper, I didn't like the wallpaper because it was like chunky and it didn't fit and at the same time I was like oh well isn't it meant to not fit because it would just make sense for the Joker's apartment to be a mishmash because nothing in there matched and it was super chaotic (laughs) but then he went into his hallucinatory horny girlfriend's (laughs) apartment and it was the same way and I was like ugh yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. nasty no I, I get what you're saying I don't think it's I think you looked into it a little much but yeah, yeah. I, I did that a lot with this movie and I'm I'm ashamed of myself don't get me wrong that's fine Um, do you have any major things to add because I'll add one more thing if you don't have anything uh no no major things alright the last thing I'm, this is really like a negative or positive is that I think would be better for this film if you would have reshaped it as um, just it's the same kind of story, but you don't really know that it's about the Joker from DC Comics until like the end. Because a lot of it's already not based off the origin of the Joker. So you could kind of shape, if you change a few things, you can kind of shape it to be just like this normal crime story of this like psychological story too about someone going 
off the deep end really fast. And then at the end, you kind of reveal the whole Joker aspect. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you probably have to to rename it, but that's what I would do. I think people would have been convinced, too, because it's like, okay, it's got... It doesn't feel like a comic book movie going in, so if you made it seem like it wasn't, people probably would have believed it wasn't. If you changed the name, like, I don't think anyone would be super suspicious until he dyed his hair green. If it was called Arthur, I think it would have worked. You know, he could have just... You could just not know about it, and then you don't see that final clown stuff until the, the third act. Like, you could just conceal that part in the trailers and stuff. Yeah. Is that his actual name? Like, canon? Or is that no, another this is thing a, that they made up? this is um, a interpretation of it. Does a, the Joker have, like, a, name? a definite technical name? No. So, basically, in, like, most comic stuff, people like this origin, is that Joker kind of perceives it as a multiple choice thing for his origin story. And usually he offers, like, multiple different ways how he could have been in origin. Like, And that's what this takes inspiration from. Like, one of them is a failed stand-up comedian. One of them's, like, a guy who can't provide for his family. And then there's another one that's a little... One of them's, like, um, a bank robber. Obviously, that that aspect isn't, but the one where he can't provide for his family, i.e. his mom, and then a failed stand comedian are both kind of interpreted in this, but as one cohesive okay. thing. Yeah, I like that. So, uh, that's about it for, for this one. Um, I'm going to go really quick into sequel talk. Would you ever want a sequel? And if so, what do you want to see? I think a sequel would have to be done very specifically. And they would have to find someone, like, super good to follow this interpretation of the Joker. But I think I would want to see not him fighting Batman, but his, like, way up to becoming, like, a criminal. And, like, how he gets out of the mental hospital. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say, I don't think, for starters, me potentially thinking of a sequel, I don't think this should get a sequel at all. It should just kind of stay what it is. If anything, we should get more, like, standalone villain stuff. Like, I'd love a a Lex Luthor movie where it's kind of just him as a shady businessman. Or, like, a Riddler movie or Two-Face, you know? Stuff like that. Because there's villains yeah. are taking a whole like it's a whole cultural movement like people are obsessed with villains right now. There's a right way to do it with Joker, and then there's a wrong way to do it with um. Have you seen Venom? Or heard of it? No, I've definitely heard of it, and I've seen parts of it. Yeah, that's the wrong way to do it. <laughs> but Joker, I think I would love to see more of this stuff from different directors. But what I would like to see potentially is a um maybe a mini series that kind of explores how he becomes like the pretty much like because where they leave him he has a huge influence over gotham i'd like to see how that evolves 
And maybe you could introduce a unique take on Harley Quinn, where eventually Harley is forced to, you know, take down Joker. Yes. So that's that's what I would say. I don't think that's necessary at all, but, you know, if you want to continue this, and Joaquin's up for it, I'd rather have a miniseries but they can flesh it out more than just another movie. Miniseries need to be utilized more. Yeah, we need more miniseries in general. One season shows, man. I love them. It's an it's an underutilized tool. But let's uh let's rate this thing. How many uh how many bees are you giving it? And the bees have clown makeup. Four point twenty five. Oh, point twenty five clown bees. Nice. Because four seems too harsh. Because I really liked it. That but. seems very specific. I'm gonna go just a a four and a half bees. Ah, yeah. okay. Very clown bees. Yep. So, you have anything else to add? Nothing of any value. <laughs> uh, next week we'll be back with uh, the B movie, starring as always, starring uh, Barry B. Benson. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll have a uh, episode next week. Scheduling's kind of rough for next week, so we'll have to figure it out. But if we do, you guys are not going to believe what's next. I have never been so excited That's a pe- to watch a movie in my life. We'll eventually do it. I have to. We have to eventually do it, right? No, it's not if, it's when. And if you don't want to do it anymore, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. But also coming up, I think we're going to be doing a TV season soon. Potentially. I think we've locked in what it is, right? Yeah. I'm not going to reveal it. You know, kind of adds the mystery of it, but... No, I'm really excited for mystery. It. Hopefully Same. that that pans out and we get to do that in I'd say maybe two or three weeks when it's so relevant. Uh, yeah, I've been excited for this for a long time, so I'm going to watch it regardless. And depending on how that goes, we could potentially do more TV seasons, which would be a lot of fun. Maybe some mini series will be fancy. We'll broaden our horizons. Yeah. But uh, that's all from me. Um, make sure you subscribe. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, like literally anywhere. If if there's a place with a podcast thing, like we're there, man. Um, I also, if you didn't know, today I added, made our official Instagram account for people Why to reach us. Why don't you tell me these things? Um... It's because I made it like a little bit ago. It was early today. Ah. I was going to mention it. It's uh, at Two Friends Watch. Surprisingly, the username was not taken. So, you know, that worked out good. <laughs> so if you want to reach us for right now, you can reach us at Instagram at Two Friends Watch. We'll, I think we need an email soon, Summer. Like it, it needs to happen. And then Yeah, I can run the email. And then I think at some point we're going to get a website. Hopefully, if I find out a way. Uh, there's a few different ways. As long like worst comes to worst, Weebly.com. But oh, I really, God, no, no, we don't like Weebly.com. I'd rather 
not have a website ever. The same. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. So, yep. At Two Friends Watch. And, you know what? Leave us a review on, on if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, because I want to read a review on the air for you guys. Summer wants a review, right? Summer. I've always wanted one. Wait, we have a singular one, right? Yeah, but that's our friend, and it's a long time ago. And she did us a favor by leaving us our only review. That's the only app that I know that I can find reviews easily. There might be reviews on, like, I don't think their Spotify has reviews or anything, so. Spotify definitely doesn't. So I need those reviews, guys. I'll leave my own at this point. But, yeah. Encourage correct behavior. Uh, Yeah, leave a review. Stay subscribed, and uh, uh, we'll see you all later. Bye, guys. Thank you.